Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of thy faithful and enkindle in them the fire of thy love. Send forth thy Spirit, and they shall be created, and thou shalt renew the face of the earth. Let us pray. O God, who didst instruct the hearts of the faithful by the light of the Holy Spirit, grant us in the same Spirit to be truly wise and ever to rejoice in his consolation. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Gospel According to St. Luke As Jesus and his disciples were proceeding on their journey, someone said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. Jesus answered him, Foxes have dens and birds of the sky have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to rest his head. And to another he said, Follow me. But he replied, Lord, let me go first and bury my father. But he answered him, Let the dead bury their dead, but you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. And another said, I will follow you, Lord, but first let me say farewell to my family at home. Jesus answered him, No one who sets a hand to the plow and looks to what was left behind is fit for the kingdom of God. Following Christ requires detachment, the material goods of this world as means to that end, learning to live Christian poverty. Today's Gospel tells of a time Jesus decided to cross over to the other side of the Sea of Galilee. A scribe approached him and declared, I will follow you wherever you go. Jesus then explained in a few words what following him would entail. The renunciation of comfort, detachment from things, complete abandonment to the divine will. Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Jesus asks of disciples, of all of us, a radical and habitual detachment, the firm resolve to be the master of the things we use. We can never become attached to possessions. Those who have been called to live their vocations in the world need to give this struggle serious attention and keep it up. This struggle is all the more important nowadays when the desire for having, for owning, and enjoying things have become the ultimate aim of many lives. To live the po- poverty which Christ asked of his disciples requires a great interior sense of detachment, in the mind and in the will, in the imagination. It is necessary to live the same spirit as the Lord did. One of the first manifestations of evangelical poverty is the use of goods as means instead of as ends in in themselves. Let us ask the Lord that we may never become carried away by a disordered desire for more and more wealth. Material means are goods insofar as they are ordered to a higher end, to support a family, to educate one's children, to acquire a better education for the elevation of society, to help works of apostolate and assist those people who are in need. This is not so easy to 
implement in those critical situations where the heart of man becomes mistakenly attached. We have to learn how to avoid in real life attachments to people or places or things that impede our progress to the Lord. This training is necessary whether we own great wealth or hardly any at all. We should not confuse the attitude of poverty with the condition of poverty. It is this sort of poverty made up of detachment, trust in God, sobriety, and a readiness to share that Jesus declared blessed. This is the poverty required of those who intend to sanctify themselves in the middle of the world. St. Paul relates how much he depended on this education in detachment when he wrote to the Philippians, I know how to be abased and I know how to abound. In any and all circumstances, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and want. I can do all things in him who strengthens me. He placed all his trust in God. Living Poverty the proper use of money, avoiding unnecessary expenses, luxury, caprice. Let us continue our contemplation of the Christ who had nowhere to lay his head. If we are going to follow Christ, we have to imitate his life. We need to use material means to fulfill our vocation on earth. But we cannot allow these means to cheapen or, sla- or slacken our dedication. Authentic Christian poverty is incompatible with ambition for superfluous goods as distinct from things that are really necessary. If someone who is dedicated to serving God were to become consumed with such worries, this would be a sign of lukewarmness in his interior life. The soul, in this case, is vainly trying to serve two masters. If we readily accept the privation and discomfort that poverty entails, we will become more united to Jesus Christ. One clear aspect of Christian poverty has to do with the proper use of money. Some things are altogether disproportionately expensive. How can a Christian aspire to such extravagance when there are so many people living in abject penury? These are the objects, the creature comforts, the caprices which have no place in the life of a follower of the Lord. Going through these attractions... Many leads Many leads us to run counter to contemporary fashion in our environment. Our example of living Christian poverty may help many others to forgo and reject the values of practical materialism. What could be more opposed to the spirit of Christian mortification than spending sprees motivated by capriciousness? We have to be honest with ourselves when it comes, for example, to our use of corporate expense accounts and similar prerequisites and privileges. The heart can very easily become attached to the things of this earth. The heart can become quite incapable of understanding or seeking supernatural goods. There is a great deal more to reality than what delights the senses. No matter whether we are rich or poor, we need to be poor in spirit for love of Christ. We use material goods in many different ways, but we should always make use of them with the same interior approach. I copy these words for you because they can bring peace to your soul. 
My financial situation is as tight as it ever has been, but I don't lose my peace. I'm quite sure that God, my Father, will settle the whole business once and for all. I want, Lord, to abandon the care of all my affairs into your generous hands. Our mother, your mother, will have let your heart those words, now as in Cana, they have none. I believe in you. I hope in you. I love you, Jesus. I want nothing for myself. It's for them. Perhaps there are many times when we need to make this prayer our own. Further Aspects of Christian Poverty Rejecting Superfluous and False Needs The Joyful Acceptance of Scarcity and Want You want to follow Christ very closely, to live as He lived in the middle of the world. One way to live poverty is to take care of what we have to so, what we have so that it lasts a long time. This approach to things requires real mortification. It consists of very small sacrifices made over and over again. It is much easier and more comfortable to leave one's belongings lying about all over the place and carelessly looked after. To put off a small repair that could preclude a major one later or greater expense. If we can live without superfluous goods, we will be to that extent closer to Christ's own life of detachment. Let us ask ourselves frequently, Do I really need this? For example, do I need two fountain pens? St. Augustine teaches, What is superfluous for the rich is necessity of the poor. When we have superfluous possessions, we possess objects that harm us. Do I have many things I don't really need? Shoes, utensils, sportswear, clothing. One clear sign of detachment is genuinely not to consider anything as one's own. Do I truly live out the consequences of Christian detachment? Christian poverty is certainly compatible with the tasteful decoration of a Christian home. The home should be a place where everyone in the family can relax in pleasant surroundings from the day's work. People should look forward to reviving their energies at home. Yet the home should not be a setting for non-stop entertainment. Giving up superfluous needs means, above all, not creating needs for oneself. We have to make demands on ourselves in our daily lives. In this way, we will not go about inventing false problems and ingenious needs which, in the last analysis, are prompted by conceit, capriciousness, and a comfort-loving and lazy approach to life. We ought to be striding towards God at a fast pace, carrying no dead weights or impedimenta which might hinder our progress. While we struggle to be free of false attachments, we should be growing in our gratitude to the Lord for what we have. We should thank God for the goods we have at our disposal at work, which allows us to support our families and collaborate in apostolic activities. We are prepared to be separated from these goods which should God so desire. We will not complain when we lack even what we need. We will not lose our interior joy because we know ourselves to be in the hands of our loving Father. He knows best. The Blessed Virgin will help us to put into practice this first-class piece of advice. Do not fix your heart on anything that passes away. 
imitate Christ, who became poor for us and had nowhere to lay his head. Ask him to give you, in the midst of the world, a real detachment, a detachment that does nothing to soften it. We give you thanks, Almighty God, for all thy benefits. Through Christ our Lord. Amen.